Shot. You're protecting more than just yourself. You're protecting your family, your community, and frontline healthcare workers. It's possible to get the flu and COVID-19 at the same time, so it's more important than ever to take steps to protect ourselves and the people around us. By getting a flu shot, you greatly reduce your chance of catching the flu and spreading it to others. It's just a little shot. But it makes a big difference to all of us. The flu shot is available now at Penn Medicine Lancaster General Health. Welcome to the Agile Empath Podcast. Whether you're leading, managing, coaching a team, there is a human behavior aspect. We have 20 plus years in the mental health industry and have creative ways to approach situations. We're going to begin with innovative ideas, how to tap into creativity, utilizing empathy. So these are soft skills to tap into our own potential and help others tap into that potential so we can be efficient with agile methodologies. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Agile Empath Podcast, Episode 12, Leadership Skills, Part 6, Collaborative Leadership. Hello, my name is Alexia Georgiou. I'm a coach and consultant. I innovate and create with empathetic, agile methodologies. My website is theresilientpathway.com. Contact me, alexia at theresilientpathway.com. That's A-L-E-X-I-A at theresilientpathway.com. We have special pandemic coaching packages available. We're also providing consultation services with development and training on Zoom. I look forward to hearing from you. Hi, so today we're talking about leadership skills collaboration. Leadership is becoming more about collaborative, agile efforts where executives, managers, and staff share information with equal responsibility for the whole. The traditional top-down models where a small group of executives control the flow of information is seen as a dinosaur by millennials. Now, you may be saying, I'm not a millennial. Uh, Why does that matter? Because it's projected by 2025, 70% of our workforce will be millennials. Currently in 2020, the majority of the workforce is millennials if you look at statistics. So this is a good thing, and it's a transition. What's emerging is a team that seeks diversity of opinions to build strategies and solve problems. This empowers employees fostering increased engagement with ownership of their work. Employee happiness can only increase with collaborative leadership, where inclusion and belonging are values being lived out from the top down, eliminate the culture of top-down management. Innovation and creativity flourishes in human beings with positive interactions, and to flourish means to live with an optimal range of human functioning, one that connotes goodness, generativity, growth, and resilience. So the organic way to foster human functioning in this optimal range is collaborative leadership. So I was in an agile coaching group. I was being coached. There were different disciplines 
in the coaching groups. So some of us were coaches and others were on development teams. Others were product owners. And so one interaction that I had in a breakout room, uh, the professional, she's on a team. They are following Scrum. And our role that day was to listen and to reflect back what we heard that went well. And to also reflect back the positive skills that we were hearing from the team member. And so what was interesting is I just saw collaborative leadership on this team through this description. And there were so many barriers. Like she was describing how they had to redesign the whole system. And this is tech. And work as a team, 12 different disciplines working together to make this happen on the team. They missed their time. Um, so they had to extend three times. Um, then the COVID-19 pandemic happened. And so we're no longer in the office working together. That slowed down a lot of processes when things started happening virtually because it's such an adjustment. When you're there working together all day with that open communication, um, it's, it's just affected the product development. And so she says, so there's another delay. And then uh, I think it was the product owner came in and said, you have to change this to Java. And so she spoke up at this point uh, because she's very frustrated um, that they're not making progress. And she's a member of the development team. And so she said specifically, this is what I said, and this is what we did, and we were able to finish. And so I said to her, okay, you asserted yourself and there's a collaborative leadership model to where you were heard. It did not matter what role you're in and the, the stakeholders, the product owners, the um, coach, the scrum master, it, it doesn't matter what role because it's collaborative leadership. And what's our goal? Well, the goal in this case was to redesign the system for the company. And so how can we efficiently do that and um, work through these barriers, remove barriers and create um, a collaboration? So that's what that looks like. And agile is a big word. We are hearing it increasingly um, talked about, and it's just a great way for everyone on the team to have the input to get that diversity of thought and to really increase the innovation that's going to be necessary increasingly, especially with the artificial intelligence world that we're entering with our next decade. So we also want to talk about a leadership skill, working with different personality types. Who knows, you know, someone that you really don't understand them, or they may seem a little weird, and so maybe those are the words that you've used. They're a little off, they're a little weird, they're quirky. It, you know, we're just all different. We have different personalities. And it's really important for us to feel like we belong and that we can be our authentic selves. And in many cases, we're not. Um, and so in one environment, I may feel accepted and I'm more authentically who I am. And in another environment, I may feel judged. 
um, and not understood. And so I may hold back. And for me, what that looks like is being quiet. So if you really see me being quiet and I'm not communicating, it could be why. I mean, other times I'm listening and um, a great way to tell with me is if I'm listening and then I reflect on what I heard and I'm giving my input, that's a great thing. If I'm listening and not saying anything, maybe I'm not comfortable being my authentic self. And that has to do with environment. That's really important because that affects engagement. And the studies show when marginalized groups don't feel like they're validated and when there's some bias happening, that the engagement does suffer. So there are multiple inventories that categorize people according to different character traits. Deloitte developed four styles that people work from. The New Science of Team Chemistry shares how Deloitte's, Susan Johnson, Vigberg, and Kim Christopher provide a framework for identifying and managing four primary work styles. So this was very interesting. So think about these four styles and where you would fit and think about your team, which team members fit in each category. We have the pioneers. The pioneers value possibilities and spark energy and imagination. They tend to be creative thinkers who believe taking big risks can produce great outcomes. They're outgoing, spontaneous, and adaptable. Guardians. And we need all four in the team. Guardians favor stability, order, and rigor. Likely to stick with the status quo. They're deliberate decision makers who are practical, focused on detail, and reserved. Drivers. Drivers value change and they generate momentum. Direct in the approach to people and problems, they're technical, quantitative, and logical. Integrators. Integrators value connection and tend to draw teams together. They're empathetic, diplomatic, and focused on relationships. They acknowledge nuances and tend to see things in shades of gray rather than black and white. So which one are you? I would identify myself as an integrator. Effective leaders know how to engage all personality types. This is a proven model to help navigate what motivates employees. And there's also implications with our multi-generational workforce. So the Executive's Guide to Leading Multi-Generational Teams tells us how to lead the different generations because the different generations are motivated differently. So there's five generations in the workplace. The statistics that we have are on the three top that make up most of our um, workforce. And those are the baby boomers, the Generation X, and the millennials. So that's who we talk about. That's mostly who you're going to see. Um, baby boomers value careers over jobs with a strong work ethic, believe in the American dream, equal rights and opportunities, ethical team-oriented. They could challenge authority, handle crisis well. They have experience, and um, they want to give that experience. And they um, believe experience is key to accomplishment. And they want to feel valued. So how do you motivate them? Uh, money. Public recognition at work. Retirement contribution. Titles. 
more subordinates, travel, wellness benefits, and time off. Generation X, this is my generation, adaptable and spirited, carrying high job expectations, results-oriented, and very self-sufficient. And where did we get that? Uh, when we were growing up, we were called latchkey kids. This was a time when a lot of families were divorcing, and that was something that was new and growing. Um, my parents were together, and they both worked. So my brother and I would go home with the key. We'd call our mom. We're here. She was at work. We're home. And we'd have a snack. We would uh, do a chore. She had a list for us. We would do our homework, watch Gilligan's Island, and go out and play. And if we had more time, we would watch the Beverly Hillbillies. Those were the shoes, the shows on in the afternoon. And there may have been, it was like an ABC after school special sometimes. And that was a real treat when we saw that because we didn't have cable back then. It just wasn't in our neighborhood. I don't think it came into our neighborhood until I was 10. That's back in 1980. Um, and that's when we started seeing the cable TV come, but you know, the first 10 years of my life was um, without cable. And then not everybody just got it automatically. And even then, it was very different than it is now. It wasn't so many channels. So our after school, like growing up after the age of 10, I don't remember there being many more shows in the afternoon for kids to watch um, age 10 to 18. So the Generation X, we value work-life balance by working smarter. We're the most educated. We believe merit is the key to accomplishment, and we want freedom personally. So how do you motivate Generation X? Bonuses, stock, flexibility in the workplace, being allowed to do passion products, and um, that's very very, it's just great for motivation. So companies like Google, they will give a certain percentage. I think it's 10%. How can you go wrong with that? When you are giving a team member, you're rewarding them and you're saying 10% of your time, you're still accountable for it, uh, but you will not be managed, meaning we're not going to check in and, um, necessarily give input. We just want you to create something for the company and bring it to us. And let's exchange ideas about it. I mean, that just really motivates me. And that speaks to me being part of Generation X, that, you know, you value my opinion so much, you want to give me time to work on my contribution my way. That can really um, provide a lot more um, motivation and contribution for the team as a whole more than we could even predict. Millennials. Millennials are idealistic with hope to fix the problems in the world and still want to enjoy life as they do it. They have goals. They're gadget conscious and oriented globally. They're more sociable and self-confident though may border on entitlement and self-absorption at times. They're competitive Multitasking is a way of life. Contribution is the key to accomplishment, and they appreciate feedback. So the millennials have brought in, what's the meaning and purpose? Um, I want to have a contribution here. And they do that from the beginning with their first job. Um, they're so eager to make a difference. 
Um, and so how do you motivate the millennials? Stock options, time off, tuition reimbursement. They love mentors, so mentoring opportunities, professional development, workplace perks like childcare, a fitness center. Um, now that we're virtual, I saw one um, job position today, and they are offering uh, it said 80% of medical for the whole family. What a perk. That's a great way to motivate the millennials to onboard and employee retention right there. That is a perk. Um, I've not seen a lot of that. And that speaks to a company that's innovating to the majority of the workforce is, okay, we don't provide childcare or a fitness center. We're hundred percent virtual and what's going to bring them on board and keep them. Well, benefits for a family is very important. It is to be noted out of the five generations. So we have the silent generation. Uh, they're older than the baby boomers. Some are still in the workforce. Uh, my family, we have a friend. It's this couple. They are 90, 91, and they are active. Um, up until recently, they were both working part-time jobs because they wanted to stay active. Uh, the lady, every day, she hasn't changed her routine. She gets up, she walks, she goes for a swim at the Y. She's on no prescription medicine. And her doctor um, is just amazed. And her doctor said uh, to crawl on the floor. Now, why would a doctor tell you, so stoop over and put your hands on the floor and crawl? And when she said that, I said, we do that in boot camp at the gym, and it is so hard to do. And because she's never stopped her exercise routine, uh, she's able to do it. And um, so she's strong physically and mentally. Uh, I mean, imagine no medication and you're 90 years old. old. So that's an example of the silent generation being in the workforce. The husband, until recently, he would go to um, people's house and do landscaping because he enjoyed it and it kept him active. So there's the silent generation, baby boomers, Generation X, millennials, and Generation Z. We just don't have statistics yet on Generation Z. Um, and I'm excited to converse with all generations to gain perspective and to, to promote that we may think differently and are motivated differently, but putting our ideas together can create something amazing for our community. And so I have several projects that I work on, um, and one is with the World Happiness Fest, another one is with the Now What Collective, and it's bringing in a lot of diversity, including the generations, to work together worldwide. We have the data to support the three generations who compose most of our workforce today. Um, so the silent generation is 3%. Um, and baby boomers, 41 million. Generation X, 54 million. Millennials, 56 million. Generation Z, 5% of the workforce. So I was at a luncheon recently where a millennial leader was speaking to a women's group. The women's group is mostly baby boomer. And when millennials were mentioned as leading percentage in the workforce, over two-thirds of the room sighed, and it was loud. 
I looked at the one millennial at my table and smiled, and she took the response with a grain of salt, and so did the speaker. Uh, for those of us in the workforce who are Generation X and baby boomers, we need to work on our collaborative leadership. Uh, so be effective with the younger generations. And in a recent study by American Express, 64% of millennials surveyed stated they most valued enjoying the work they do. The newly defined millennial C-suite includes a focus more on who you are, what you do, and how you behave than on your title or place in the hierarchy. Um, and millennial leaders are focused on earning the right to lead, and this is partly done through emotional intelligence and emotional awareness. So being aware of our own emotions and the emotions of others, making sure that people understand the purpose of their project as well as overall business and taking time to understand the motivations of those who work for them. Um, and also empathy mapping. Um, what a way to validate someone and say, I care and I hear you and what you're experiencing matters. So go through a map, like we hear employee journey mapping, empathetically map where we're putting ourselves in that person's shoes, we're looking at their perspective, we're putting our perspective aside, we're avoiding judgment, we're connecting with what they're experiencing and how they feel. That's a powerful way to understand and work effectively with different personalities, different generations, diversity, and to find a collaborative new way of leading. Hello, my name is Alexia Georgiou. I'm a coach and consultant. I innovate and create with empathetic, agile methodologies. My website is theresilientpathway.com. Contact me, alexia at theresilientpathway.com. That's A-L-E-X-I-A at theresilientpathway.com. We have special pandemic coaching packages available. We're also providing consultation services with development and training on Zoom. I look forward to hearing from you.
Kitchen is here to keep you running with a much-needed taste of normal. To work, home, or work from home. With the coffee you like, just the way you like it. Whether that's a small, hot black coffee, your daily 2 p.m. latte, or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant and a medium iced coffee with oat milk, one sugar, two pumps of caramel, one pump hazelnut, a swirl of French vanilla, and a shot of espresso. I call it my p.m. pep rally. You should really try it. Whatever it is that gets you running, Dunkin's got you and always will. America runs on Dunkin'. Make yourself the ideal candidate for the job you really want. Georgetown's Masters in Management helps you understand how technology affects business, giving you insight that's in demand. Learn more at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM.